If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue words of Michael Jordan I'm back you're back and Ryan you're tan you're tiny and you're pumped up with energy yeah I'm uh, I'm recharged and ready to go and I have to say I, I missed this podcast quite mm. a bit um, we missed you I read the comments and saw some people saying that Henry's gonna replace me that really hurt my feelings <laughs> see aren't isn't it hurtful yeah it, ru- it ruined my <laughs> vacation so if you said that just know that you made me want to come home just to do the podcast. I'm not looking forward to my vacation now, next week, because of this. Yeah. Just, just the, the backlash. So mean. <laughs> Everyone's so mean. Uh, but no. I'm glad Henry did a good job. I'm glad you guys got a chance to do the pod together because that was yep. a first. Yep. Um, did you guys have fun? I think we swam. I don't think we sunk. All right. I think, I think all, so. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> and we're back. You know, the, the podcast is still here. Yeah, then you're going to leave us? Then I'm going to leave you, and then we're never going to leave each other for, for months. For each other's side for months. Yeah, uh, it was weird. I mean, especially since I hadn't been on a vacation like that in about 18 months. Oof. So um, Nick Scott, one of our followers, tweeted at me and was like, this is the first first time in over a year I've gone this long without hearing Ryan's voice. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it is. When you think about it. I know. And that's and, and I tweeted this out. It's like, that's the most rewarding part about this podcast is like being a part of people's daily lives. Right. Isn't like, it? I mean, we're, we're in their living rooms. We're in their cars. We're in, in their ear. Yep. Wherever they're, we're on their run with them. Yep. And that's, that's by far the best part because yeah. it's like, it makes it feel like we all get together in my living room mm-hmm. every morning to record this podcast. Yeah. And you guys hear it a, a couple hours after we do usually, but it, it, 
it does feel like oh like i'm just i'm talking to the boys you know right and yeah. i and it's not just a, a, a random list of people it's like the boy like and and gals of course yep um but it's like i know who these people are and i'm we're talking to them and let's bring let's bring them in to right here, right now, and Ryan, when we're talking about this, we both have just the huge smiles on our face. We love this, and it's easy for me. It's the best part of the job. Um, it's be, it, and it's funny because it, it, there was a time when it felt like a chore when we first started doing it, and and that's just peeling back the curtain. But it was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we got to do the podcast. Okay, now it's like, all right, let's get the podcast. Yep. Get it, you know, do it in the morning. We'll get all the other stuff done. So. I uh, missed you guys. Glad to be back and glad we have something to talk about um, this this morning as the Broncos released a what they're calling a top 100 list. I take <laughs> issue with that <laughs> because it's not it's it's not a top 100 ranking. It's not a list. I guess to, I don't know if they call that a list, actually, but it's not a list either. Well, I guess it is a list of names. Right. The the point that we take issue with is they aren't ranked, so it's just it sh- it shouldn't be called like a top one hundred because that leads me to believe that they're going to be ranked one to one hundred. Yep. Should be called like the best one hundred. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Anyways, we're not going to get into the weeds on number one hundred one, unless maybe maybe we will, <laughs> but what if maybe not one hundred two, one hundred three, one hundred four. <laughs> Because honestly, folks, <laughs> we're not going to lie to you. This list has some <laughs> names. Got to be honest, didn't know who Cookie Gilchrist was until this morning. All time name, though. I Great mean, he's, he's he's on this for the name. Yeah. At least. So, yeah. So he's he's number one, maybe on the all name team Broncos all time. And, and here's what you and I were talking about is. So this list was compiled by over 5000 fans voted. And then you had. Team historian and PR guru Jim Sakamano uh, and senior digital reporter Andrew Mason. Both of those guys, I couldn't have picked two better guys to help put this list together because they know everything, everything you could possibly know about the Broncos. So I can't question, um, you know, some some of these guys' names I've never heard of. And thankfully, it's not ones that are on the team right now, or we'd probably have an issue there. But I trust the list in, in, in general. So, yeah, we're not going to nitpick all those. If if we wanted to, we could play a game called <laughs> Member of the Broncos Top 100 <laughs> List or um, Accountant Down the Street. Oh, man. I'm going to think of some names. And in this conversation, I'm going to throw them out. The problem and is... <laughs> Ask if it was a Bronco or not. The problem is, like, I don't want to do that because someone somewhere <laughs> is going to be like, that was my favorite Bronco of all right. time. How could you guys not know who that is? Right. But the point is that it, I think where that my – if I'm going to have an issue with this, it's that there's they felt like they needed to spread it out across the history of the Broncos. Right. And it's probably not the best 100 Broncos ever to play. And to be honest, if you did this to get the best 100 Broncos, I I think most of them would be in the Pat Bowen era. Yeah, yeah, I I, comp- I completely agree with you. But you're right. For the historians that loved the team in the 60s and early 70s, are you gonna put no one on the list? 
And then also, how do you quantify it? Uh, we talked about before the show, if you put uh, Dominic rogers Cromartie was a great example. If you put him up against uh, another old-time cornerback, you put him going against an old-time receiver, it's not even going to be close. No, he's going to DRC clamp. was probably not even close to being on this list. No, but he's going to put the clamps on. Bradley Roby, clamps. Right. So that's why I, I don't like these things in the first place. But they do create conversation. And so for that, <laughs> we will talk. How about the four current Broncos who are on the list? Do you have those in front of you? Tell me just right when you hear the name if it surprises you. Von Miller. No. Chris Harris Jr. No. Derek Wolf. A little bit. And Emmanuel Sanders. A little bit. I'm going to tell you what. When uh, I saw Derek Wolf's name, I was not expecting to see his name on this list. I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. But then what I did was I went through the entire roster, including, you know, Nico Fala and Aaron Wallace on the team right now, looked at every single name and wanted to kind of see where Derek Wolf's name fell among some other guys that weren't on this list. Uh, that are currently on the team right now. And it wasn't really close. Derek Wolf, these four guys are by far and away the clear choices from this team. If you don't include Derek Wolf, then I'm saying, okay, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Derek Wolf, they are similar in terms of how good they are. Interesting that they would put one of those guys on the list and not the other. But with this, it is clear cut and dry. Now, I don't know if that's a detriment to the current team right now. Um, if, you know, only having four guys on this list, or if that's good, I don't know how many, you know, the Patriots would have and how many the Browns would have that through their history, but four guys on this list. So that leads me to this uh, other than the surprise, the surprise quote unquote. I mean, again, you put Emmanuel Sanders in the sixties and he's going to be the most unstoppable player in the <laughs> league, you know? Right. So like, it's so hard to put him up against, Lionel Taylor, who yeah. played from 1960 to 1966. Like, if you want to get into who's the better player, you're going to say it's Emmanuel Sanders 100 times out of 100. Now, right. I don't know much about Lionel Taylor. I don't know anything about Lionel, Lionel Taylor. But I'm sure he was really good in his time. So maybe that's how you have to do it. Like, were they a pro bowler or whatever was you know the version of that back in the 60s? I don't know anything about the 60s. Did they have the pro bowl? Who knows? Um, <laughs> It's hard to quantify that. But I, the question I have here is, first, are there any other Broncos currently on the team that should have been on this list? Well, should have, right now. Right now, the only argument is if you look at youth. Bradley Chubb, should he be on this list right now? No, no, of and course not. And I agree. Then, then if you're going to say no to that, you're going to say obviously no to Cortland Sutton. Obviously no to Philip Lindsay? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. The, it can't, it's, no one's young can be on it. The no, to me, it was it was very easy going through the list of Broncos, at least in my head. I mean, who is the closest? And again, you can't be on it if you played one year. You gotta ha you gotta have at least four. So not Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> who is the closest? So let's think so let's, starters. Let, yeah, let, let's go. Let's go offense. Running backs too young. Yep. Receivers too young. Tight end. <laughs> Jeff Hyreman's the closest name right now. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, Bulls. Um, Offensive line. Ron Leary. No, Literally no, no one. No, no, no. Okay, so defense. So the whole offense is out. Yep. Emmanuel Sanders is the only one who's even a potential possibility. And that was easy, right? Right. Defense. Let's go defensive line. Derek Wolf, you got. 
Shelby Harris, Adam Gotsis, nope, nope, Zach nope. Kerr, nope, nope, Demarcus nope. Walker. Okay, Todd Davis, <laughs> no. Josie Jewell, no. Cornerbacks, it's Chris and, and the new and kids. The new guys. There's no, there's not even a single. Oh, oh, yep. Brandon McManus. <laughs> yep, yep. What? There's 47 offensive players on this list, 46 defensive players on this list, and seven special teamers, which seems like a lot, but we are including special teamers. Brandon McManus probably should be on this list. Yeah, probably. What, the second best kicker of all time? And some stats would, would, would say, say he's, he's the best. best. Yeah. Hmm, I have to imagine Jason Elam is yeah, on this Jason list. Yeah, Jason Elam's probably number one when they were doing special teamers. Yep. Tom Ruin was probably number two. Now, Jason Elam had 15 years with the team. As a special teamer, do you need to have significantly more than the kind of, you know, like we're saying, four-ish years on the team? Do you think do you think you have to have more than that? Yes. Yeah, special teamer unless you have some really iconic moments. Let's say Brandon McManus made a game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl, like he'd be on here. And he didn't have the moment, but he had the playoffs, just like Von Miller. Brandon McManus was perfect. Von Miller was perfect in to in 2015 on the way to the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, Von was more impactful, more splashy impactful, but I guess you can make an argument straight up Brandon McManus was just as impactful as Von Miller in that Super Bowl run. Where do you rank uh, Brandon McManus against <laughs> kicker from 1971 to 1979, Jim Turner? Yeah, give me, uh, <laughs> give me Brandon. What do you think Jim Turner's range was? Oh, 41. Oh, my God. <laughs> he definitely was in the 50s. If I'm, if I'm reading this right, Zach, let me see. I just lost him. Bill Van Heusen. From mm. 68 to 76 was a punter slash wide receiver. <laughs> of course. Of course. That combo. <laughs> it's a pretty famous combo. Actually, a couple years ago, University of Hawaii had a punter slash wide receiver. And now tell he me. He was fast. Is that a testament to him or a complete knock on the University of Hawaii? No, it was a testament to his, his athleticism. Wow. He would, hit, he would hit the punts and then go down and make the tackles. No way. Yeah. No yes. way. Oh my god. And he's a tiny guy? If he's not so fast? Tiny. Not tiny tiny, but like six footish. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. He Why? would do the the rollout punt rugby punts. Yep. So he'd already oh, be and running. Just momentum. Just keep it going. Oh wow. No, if you're a if you're a small school like that, why would you not do that? I've never understood I mean Nebraska for years, and this will be maybe the only time you'll ever hear me give Nebraska credit for anything. <laughs> Nebraska w w only wanted to recruit punters who were also kickers or kickers who were also punters. So, like, remember Alex Henry? He was with the Eagles for a while. Yep. He was a, He became a field goal kicker when he got to the league, but at Nebraska, he did both. He was the punter and the kicker. So, you, then you save a scholarship. Right. Right. And you only get 85 of those. So, you're going to use – you know, multiple on kickers when you're trying to fill out the rest of the roster. I like, I always thought that was smart on their part. Oh, I think so too. So I, I do have to give a little apology to James Bayard Turner, also known on this list as Jim Turner, the uh, kicker. He did hit a 50 yard kick in his tenure That's with the his, Broncos, right? Is that his deepest? He hit three, three. Brain McManus could do that in a three game one stretch. Game. Yeah. Potentially even one game. Three, his long with the Broncos, 53 yards. Then he had 250 yards. 
if Brandon McManus missed a 53-yarder, it would be a disappointment. Right. What, what, at what point right now do we say, okay, that's not a disappointment? 55 uh, plus? 55 plus. Yep, yep, I agree. Yep. I expect him <laughs> to make 53 every time. And James Turner hit zero of those. <laughs> he can't be on the list. Over Brandon McMahon. See, I agree. this is what I hate. This is Ooh, what I hate. Whoa. Uh-oh. You're going to issue a correction? No. Oh. No. <laughs> Just going further down this track. Isn't Brandon McManus the second? He al- he alternates with Jason Elam. Most like, accurate. Second yeah. most accurate. Yeah. At what? 88%, I want to say? I have say? no clue. I think it's that. I'll just check to make sure I'm in the ballpark. During his nine-year career with the Broncos, can you guess... What percentage oh, James God. had? Uh, 71. Lower. No. <laughs> 65%. And, and again, we're talking, it's not like he attempted 700 attempts from 50 plus. No, they weren't kicking those back in the day. I tweeted that I trust anything that Mace <laughs> says. I'm taking it back. Mace, we got issues. <laughs> and who knew we were going to have this good of punter talk? Kicker talk. Kicker talk, yeah. <laughs> Might as well be punter talk with 65% accuracy. Jeez, I feel like Brandon McManus can make 65% punting it through the uprights. <laughs> okay. I, I got to check his stats. What did he do? What did he make? I mean, it's not like they won a Super Bowl. He so. did win a Super Bowl, but not with the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> what was his most iconic moment? Uh, when he hit that 53-yarder. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Okay, I guess I'll take a little bit back. Brandon is an 80.6% field goal. So 15% better. (laughs) You know how many 50-plus he has in his career, which is half the length right now of of Jim's career? He has 13. Wow, I would have expected more. I would have as well, actually. But still, 10 more in half the time. In half the time. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, as we've determined, there's not even one single person on the roster right now who could contend for this. Who's next? Who is going to carve out their spot here? Mm. And it's funny that we said, and we'll get into this in a second. It's funny that we said you need four years or so because not everyone on this list exactly had their four years. So let's say mm. two great years. Is that enough to get you in here total yes yes and this list so two then great years there's two players that jump out immediately yep bradley chubb yep. and philip Lindsay. yep they're one great year away from being on the list what are we talking for both of them this year built off what if they phil did hits a thousand year. again he's on it i'm not disagreeing i think that's actually just straight up if he doesn't get a thousand then we just need another, you know, 900-yard year yep. from him to make it three of those. Uh, and if Bradley Chubb gets, gosh. More I, than 12? I was going to say, I want to put, like, a high number on this. But, yeah, it's just if he hits 12 again. That's two 12-sack seasons. Yeah. Because it seems like 100 players over the history of the Broncos right. would be really hard to crack. Yep. What other but pass rushers? gone through the list. What <laughs> other pass rushers are on this list? you got Von Miller. Trevor Price, Elvis Dumerville. Mm. Um, Simon Fletcher. Of course, he should definitely be yep, on here. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but the, the, the... It's actually a pretty stacked list. Yeah. So if you're going by that, then maybe they need, he needs a little more. Rulin Jones. 
Does someone have to come off the list for him to go on, like mm. like a pass rusher? Here you go. Here's a fantastic person to look at, Demarcus Ware. Now he won a Super Bowl. So and and also, how much do you credit Super Bowls? Just being on the team doesn't. Right. I mean, see, it's it's hard. If he it's had like, a, it's he like, had well, his chance. If he would have recovered that ball that Malik <laughs> Jackson got in the end zone. Yep. I would have given him credit. I said he scored a touchdown in a Super Bowl. Yep, right. But he didn't get it. Malik did. Yep. He did have a strip sack, though, didn't he? I think he did have a strip sack. In he the did. Game. He did. There was three on Cam that game. So does that game just give you so much more clout? I don't know. I just... So, so, let, so let's see what he did. What's DeMarcus Ware's career numbers with the Broncos? He had right here. Sacks. Oh, I, I Come on now. Come on I knew now. You were gonna, I knew you were going to have that reaction. <laughs> Ten sacks his first year with the Broncos. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say total. I was like, no. <laughs> Seven and a half his second year. Four his final year. So if Bradley Chubb gets 12, he surpasses him. In two years, he surpasses him. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so that we were right. Yep. We had that right on. Exactly. DeMarcus Ware comes off the list. Bradley Chubb goes on. Should DeMarcus Ware be on this list? Nope. Just right now? I don't think so. I don't think so either. That is, now, his importance to the team, yes, but and it, that's where there's so much overlap and stuff. But that's, I mean, he did have the speech leading up to the Super Bowl. And, he, no, he also had one leading up to the AFC Championship game. That was iconic. Right. So, like, that has to be worth something. But we're talking mm, 11 sacks. No, 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 not 11 sacks per season. Seven sacks per season. So then I guess maybe with that boost, you kind of get up there. But yeah, it's easy. Bradley Chubb is this. Yep. If he That's his spot if he gets 12 sacks. You know what? I think, yeah, I'll go 12. Yeah. I was going to go get, just make it 10. So then he has more sacks in two years than DeMarcus Ware had with the with three years with the team. Okay, let's look at running backs. Mike Anderson is on the list. Um, Boy, this is not formatted. Yes. Gene Mingo. Terrell Davis, of course. Clintine Portis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's another one. Did we say Floyd Little? Right. He's on the list. Clinton Portis, two-year stretch. Should that be what what we're basing Phil off? His two-year stretch was better than what Phil can do, though. Yeah. Because didn't he have a 13 or something? 1600 yep i think exactly i think he had a 16 and a 13 yeah yeah phil's not getting there this year no but he's he doesn't just have to overtake him no uh he had a 15 and the 16 holy (laughs) oh my gosh at five and a half yards per carry both years so he did with i mean essentially philip would have done that if he just got as many carries right he had 29 touchdowns in those two years rushing oh my just God. rushing he had another two receiving is that wild? wait 29 are you sure he had 15 his rookie season 14 his second year oh my god <laughs> what a beast i don't think we're taking uh clinton off this list anytime soon okay but zach that leads us uh oh. To the How name. Did we die? <laughs> Cookie Gilchrist. <laughs> Cookie. Cookie's best season mm. doesn't even match Phillips' best season. Exactly. Now, Cookie 
was with the Broncos in 1965, left them, broke their hearts, and then came back in 1967. In 1965, 954 rushing yards. We got the yards per carry on that? Are you sure you want it? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to guess 3.8. <laughs> Bingo! Hey! <laughs> 3.8 wasn't that what Devonte Booker had like the first yeah, two years in the we league like, and everyone just hated on him cookie's, uh, a, cookie's a top 100 player cookie's gotta go wait right now wait wait this is just gonna add even more how many career rushing yards does Devonte Booker have over under oh I can't do that math in my head over under 975 that's wait. How many uh, yards did Cookie have in 1967? 954. Oh, so he had two 900 plus seasons. No. What was his second year? 21. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're 21 rushing me. yards on. Oh, you'll like this one on a 2.1 yards per carry. <laughs> All right, now, now I'm mad. Okay, so. Here's the here's the biggest problem. It's not Philip Lindsay who's knocking on the door. It's some it's there's like twelve guys from the Mike Shanahan era who should be on there ahead of him. Right. Maybe even Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker has eleven or one thousand ninety four rushing yards in his career at the Broncos at a better yards per carry. <laughs> okay, this might be the biggest um, the biggest problem on the list. <laughs> Should C.J. Anderson be on over him? Mm, wow, I'm not, not a really Super a big Bowl? I'm not a big C.J. guy, but thousand yard I, season. How can I say no? Yeah, yeah. Ruben Drones. Yeah. Tatum Bell. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Man. And it's 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 not. I know the game is is different now, where you get so many more yards and everything. The game is different, but they throw the ball more. It's, it's true. It's true. But he only has one year too. I mean, it's not like there's something else. It's not like he was Terrell Davis and won the Super Bowl with John Elway. You know, there's no intangibles. One good year, and it, not, not even one pedestrian year. How did he get on? So this. We should have had Mace on here today. He'd probably have a good, <laughs> a good defense of everyone. Oh, he'd have, he'd have the best. Everything we've said, he would have shut down. <laughs> but Cookie just brings up the biggest name that's not on here. And it's not the Cookie Monster. It's Timothy Tebow. Oh. We're talking one good year from Cookie. Where off How the many top, touchdowns did Cookie have that year? Off the top of your head... How did the Broncos do in 1965? Oh, all 65, they um, missed the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I don't know either. To be fair, it was a 14-game season. He had six touchdowns. I mean, we were just blown away by 15 and 14 from Clinton Portis. Six is... Ugh. Did Phil have six last year? Yeah. Yeah, being a half guy, a halftime guy. Man, what is Cookie doing here? <laughs> but it does bring up Tim Tebow. How many? I mean, I feel like Tebow had six touchdowns before he was even the starting quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tim Tebow 
should 100% be on this list. Wow. 100% be on this list. Because, Ryan, can you talk about the Broncos' history and try to hit everything and not mention Tim Tebow? No. No, it's the most entertaining year of the entire history of the Broncos. By far. And they didn't win a Super Bowl. They won one playoff game, and they have three other Super Bowl seasons. They have, what, eight years where they made the Super Bowl? This wasn't any of them. And it was so entertaining. And not just seven, for Broncos. Seven. seven. I think they have been to eight. I think they no, Did they se- go to one seven. before Pat? Oh, did they? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, now he's probably stupid. know that. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you can't. Tim is... You have to include him in this. And especially when we're talking about a list that includes guys like Cookie that had seriously one good year. Tim's wasn't just a good year. And statistically, it probably was a pretty sour year. But it was, in a crazy way, it was winning football. Uh, How many playoff wins do the Broncos have? You're right. I shouldn't have confused you. They have played an eight. They have played an eight. One pre-Papple. Okay. The reason I said seven is because I remember the stat in my head. Seven Super Bowl appearances, yep. seven losing seasons. Yep, one of the most amazing stats. And he played quarterback. And that's where I actually consider putting him on this. Mm. Because I don't – honestly, Cookie, it's his fault. <laughs> right, right. Cookie opens the door. And here's the other thing, Zach. The Broncos do not have a rich quarterback history beyond oh. – of course, John Elway and Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, well, you kind of have to lower the bar beyond those guys to get to to let some other quarterbacks in. But the, like, you know, we've got Charlie Johnson on here, and I'm trying to see if any other quarterbacks even made it. Yeah, that's what uh, Jake Plummer, Craig Morton, of course. Jake Plummer and Craig Morton. Um, Cutler didn't make the list. Frank Trapuca. Did he? Oh, I don't. I don't see him. Okay, then he belongs on there before Tim Tebow. Jay Cutler. Although, eh, no, because Tebow has playoff success. Well, a playoff win. <laughs> That's He's one and one success. in the playoffs. One and one. 500 record. Didn't he have a winning record as a quarterback? Well. I think so. No, because they were 8-8, eight and eight, so then they ended up 9-9. Nine and nine. And he took over when they were one and four. Oh, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> yep, yep. Winning record, five hundred in the playoffs. And it's more than this, yep. I guess. I guess what's important to understand about this too is this was this isn't a one to one hundred ranking. This is five thousand van- fans voted on it, as well as Jim Sakamano and Andrew Mason. But this is kind of a, a fan thing. So, if you are taking pride in a player and they say okay you get to argue for for, on on behalf of the broncos you're going up against the chiefs and you're arguing backup quarterback you know third the third best quarterback are you gonna take charlie johnson or are you gonna take tim tebow if you get to pick now obviously it's easy also charlie johnson you know played in the 70s but so it's easy for recency bias but still i don't think there was Tim Tebow and 2007 Rocktober is the most entertaining sports in, uh, at least in my opinion, in Denver sports history. 
and neither of them were, you know, Super Bowl wins. It's, I don't think you can write Denver sports without Tim Tebow. Yeah, I mean, you could make some cases. The 2001 Avs with, like, the Ray Bork. Yeah. Mission 16 dubs. Yeah. Um, That was pretty special. Obviously, the first Super Bowl in 97. Yep. Yep. I wish I was a little older to know what the pulse was throughout the season. I don't know how fun it was. I can tell you this. 2015 wasn't fun. No. It wasn't fun. (laughs) No. It literally, no one was having fun until the final whistle sounded in Santa Clara. And then you look back on it and you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, no one's having fun because they were the underdogs the whole time. No, they were the freaking number one seed. That's the craziest part. Yeah. That is crazy. They went 13-3 <laughs> and everyone was, Zach, everyone was miserable. <laughs> I, I swear to you, if you went and listened to the Monday edition of every sports talk radio. Yeah. And you'd never, they never talked about whether they won or not. You just picked out clips of them talking about the game. You thought they went 0-16. No, sorry. 1-15 with the game against the Packers being the one game everyone was like, oh, okay, they (laughs) might be good. Yep. And because also every Monday, every Friday, just all all throughout the week was, is it Peyton? Is it Brock? You had this quarterback controversy when typically you only have that when your team is bad. When you are one in four starting Kyle Orton and you bring on Tim Tebow, that that's when that happens. So it, I completely agree. It was such a weird feeling that season. So weird. So that one was not – that doesn't count like in the most fun no. seasons. No, um, Tebow – Tebow was – the season was painful. For but, the, the first 55 minutes of each game were excruciating. But no, the knowing in the back of your head – Yep. Because I was a staunch Tebow supporter mm-hmm. during that time. Oh, yeah. And I'd be watching the games. I loved how polarizing he was because you'd yeah. be watching the games with some friends who, like, absolutely hate him, you know? <laughs> and you're like, doesn't matter. Just wait. What are you guys so worried about? Yep. As long as it's two possessions with five minutes, <laughs> it's fine. Even if you need a running back to step out of bounds for the other team where that clearly would never, ever do that, it happened. I mean, I remember so vividly watching that exact game against the Bears and saying, like, like mathematically, the game is over. <laughs> yep. And I'm saying, like, something will happen. <laughs> They'll fumble oh, the snap or whatever. Yeah. Some, something's going to happen. Yeah. And it always did. It, it always, always did. Well, it did. feels like now it always did. Right. There's also, like, the game against the Lions, and they got blown out by, like, 35 points. Didn't they lose – their final three games or they, they lost two of their final three or three of their final four because yeah, they were actually above 500. Yeah. Like hot going into the playoffs and then that all crumbled. Remember the, the one against the jets? No. Yep. Thursday night roll. (laughs) Yeah. I want to say around the holidays, maybe Thanksgiving ish or exactly. It was Thanksgiving. It was. Yep. Or it was, it, it wasn't Thanksgiving day, but it was like the week before or something, something like that. And yeah, he has that scramble down to the goal line. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so pumped. So much fun <laughs> to watch. And and what was also fun is to hear the nation react to it and hear opposing coaches like who Tim Tebow just beat. They have no idea how that happened. Um, and then John Elway, watching John Elway after Tebow would score and win a game, and he's just in belief like in complete disbelief, disbelief yeah. 
like clapping because he's like, I mean, we just won, but what the heck did I just watch for 55 minutes before that? It must have been hard for John. But remember, I bring this up all the time on the podcast. John was had his moments too, right. like that during his career. Right, right. And and speaking of this, Ike Taylor was on the Steelers when DT beat him in the playoffs. Right, I think he mm-hmm. was. He's the one who DT stiff armed. Yeah, he was on a podcast. I listened to a podcast. I don't remember Look which at one. You listen yeah, to a podcast. Listen to another podcast, and he was on, and it was hilarious. Because he wouldn't admit that Tim Tebow beat him. He said, oh, Tim Tebow did not beat me. DT beat me. Tim Tebow didn't do anything. DT was, beat me. That was a dime. And I think that's how, that's how players feel probably when Tim Tebow beats him. Is that's like the most humiliating thing. I do remember. I mean, there, the narrative, the anti-Tebow narrative was always, it's the defense. It's the defense. It's right. the defense. Right. And so I'm sh- I do remember like teams saying, some players saying that after the game. <laughs> yeah. Tim Tebow didn't beat us. The Broncos defense beat us. Yep. And, of course, me being the Tebow supporter would just be like, the defense is playing harder because of Tim. <laughs> they believe. And Vaughn would t- would, was playing into it so well. Yeah. Because Vaughn was saying, like, you that's just a guy you want to go out there and give your all for. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I would point to. I'd be like, look at this quote. <laughs> Vaughn even admits that when he takes the field, he's thinking about winning winning it for Tim. Ryan, you and I have had so much fun on this podcast covering a nine and seven team, a six and ten team. We weren't even on the podcast You're right. together. You're right. During so nine we've and seven. we've done six and ten and five and eleven. And we've had so much fun. Give it. Give us a winning team. How much fun this is going to be? If we were covering that year, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I don't either. It would be fun though. <laughs> um, Spano has some great stories oh, yeah. from that time because he was yeah. like the ultimate Tebow guy yeah. in the media and was doing hits on like NBC sports and stuff yeah. because they wanted like, you know, a, a local guy. Mm-hmm. And he was this boisterous uh, radio personality yep. who was pounding the table <laughs> for Tim every week. So anyways, I'm with you. I think he should be on the list. Abs- he should absolutely be on this list. And I'm, I'm surprised that fans didn't put him on. You never know with these things. I guess it's polarizing. He is, but you also never know with these things. Ah, did we, I see. Did we, do we know just like how, captains? That's exactly what I was just going to relate it to. Do we know what the votes were? No. How much their votes counted for? Nope. <laughs> Always got to keep an eye out for politics. And maybe Jim or, or Andrew Mason had. Uh, had the authority to strike one name down or something like that. <laughs> right, right. Take one off. Well, I think the list, the idea of the list is dumb. I think <laughs> they tried to spread it out way too much. But you know what? It gave us a good conversation. And for that, it I thank it. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we got some updates for you guys. And then, of course, your questions from the subscribers. The Greg Mastriona Golf Courses at Highland Hills offer something for everyone. With a championship 18-hole golf course, the regulation 9-hole blue course, and two par threes, golfers of all skill levels will find exactly what they're looking for. There's a lot of opportunities for families to enjoy the game of golf together here. as We do have multiple courses, all different skill levels, so it's a great place to teach and develop really a good way for families to you know grow their skills and enjoy the game together 
That was Alan Brown. He's the director of golf over at Highland Hills. If you're busy at work all day, don't worry. At Highland Hills, it's never too late to start a round of golf. Well, Highland Hills has a fantastic pay for what you play program. It is designed for the player to play after four o'clock or five o'clock in the evening. And you check in. You play as many holes as you can until dark. And then you come to the pro shop and we give you a rain check for any holes you don't finish. We also do a really fun event, Glow Golf, on our par three golf course. One time a month, $25, no cart, but we give you glow balls. It's a fantastic way to have some fun with friends and get out and enjoy the nighttime and the summertime here in Colorado. To learn more and book a tee time, head over to GolfHighlandHills.com today or call them at 303-428-6526. Before we jump into your questions, we have a couple quick updates for you. First, Fantasy League. We've heard from the commissioner, Ryan. He has spoken again. Brad, of course, has given us an update. 48 teams are in the free league. Didn't we have 48 last year in, in yes, total? Yes, total. And then we have 20 teams and counting in the pay league. Brad has started an alternate and standby list for those teams that may drop out. So if you want in on this, maybe too late, but you might as well get on this list, and I'm sure we'll be able to work out a few spots, especially 20 seems like like a, a number that we could work with in the pay league. Yeah, and you never know, you know, when the when the draft day comes down, some people don't like to auto draft, so they'll drop out and whatever. So, if you want in, email bsnfightingburritos at gmail.com. Might have to change that to the fighting nachos, but for the email, it's the burritos still bsnfightingburritos at gmail.com. And so Brad, you're the MVP of this. It Ryan, I can't believe how soon this is coming. How soon? Like two months, right? That's, that's less than two, two months. It's got to be less, yeah. Holy cow. That's how it felt last year. It was like, ah, oh, the fantasy draft's in like 17 years. We won't have to worry about it. And then it was here. It sneaks up on you. Yep. Um, still, uh, do we have an update on how many people are going to actually try and be at the draft? No. Maybe that's something Brad... I know Brad was trying to collect a lot of information from people still, but... They're, those people are probably like me and <laughs> suck at responding to emails. Uh, but it seems like it's going to be a good turnout. That's be, that'd be awesome. It would be. And if we have a decent turnout, I mean, like I said, even if it's just eight of us that want to go out and play golf that day, yeah, it'd be fun. Oh, yeah. The next piece, I haven't gotten a chance to react to yet, so um, huge, huge, huge shout out to huge the the man himself kale sorbo getting it started on the bsn world tour gofundme now i have no notions that this will actually (laughs) happen but just the fact that he set it up and multiple people i'm talking you know five or six people have already donated and we haven't pushed this this at all we haven't pushed it at all um is so so cool the fact that you guys would like spend your hard-earned money or at least potentially spend your hard earned money on helping us do this is, is so cool to me. The fact that I just even see these numbers here is so cool to me. So, a couple things as it relates to this. If we're able to pull this off, it would be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it would be. But when I saw like people's names next to dollar amounts that they're going to like donate to us, I'm like, man, how can we make this better? How can we make this not just about Zach and I and the great <laughs> listeners we have overseas? How can, we, how can we turn this into something special? So considering I just had that thought this morning, we haven't had much time to put thought into it. 
But what I'm getting at is, can we make something greater out of Zach and I potentially going to Brazil? Like, is there um, some sort of charity work that we can do down there? Um, you know, maybe it's, you know, building a house or, or whatever. I've seen people do stuff like that on like church retreats. What can we do to make this not just us going down there for a vacation, but actually, you know, help uh, taking this money that, you know, you guys are helping us with and making something great out of it. Um, so if you have any ideas at all, comment them on this podcast. And also speaking of this podcast and moving forward, in future podcasts, I'm going to include the link to donate. So again, I don't want to just sit here and like ask for your guys' money to go on a trip because it just feels weird. To me. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of like a running joke before, yeah. but now that it's real, I'm like, we need to do something special. So if you have any ideas and, and we'll obviously um, think them up too, but with the idea of getting the most out of this, we'll take ideas from you guys. Let's see if we can come up with something that, to make this really special. And, and obviously the goal would be to go to probably Brazil, UK, Australia, maybe two of three, whatever. I know there's a lot, a lot of listeners in all those places, and I'd love to get to see everyone. I'd love to go to Sweden. Um, but in wherever you're from or wherever you know of, what can we do to, to really make this more than uh, you know just a vacation? And, and to have this awesome community. Do something greater for a huge community it would be it would be so cool and i know that that's going to get you guys fired up too right i mean we already are donating half of the pool uh from the fantasy league to shield six one six one six i was that's what i was gonna say but i, I didn't want to say it wrong uh shield six one six where we've started remember we um raised all the money for the kids around Christmas, we've done some really cool things. That I feel like this could be next level. And 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 I love that we did the local um, thing thing um, during Christmas time. But this would really reflect our community here. I mean, it, it it's you know we got some people from Colorado, some people from around the United States, and tons from every part of the globe. Right, and again, it could be a thing where whatever whatever it is all of the listeners who are going to come hang out with us also jump in on whatever we're doing, you know, right. not maybe not even monetarily, but if it's, you know, some sort of labor or whatever right. it is, we all can do it together and kind of bond over that. So like you said, it, it, you're right. We've done stuff for Colorado because that's obviously, you know, near and dear to our hearts, but this community stretches far wider than that. So let's come up with a way that we can actually, Make this something more than than just the BSN Broncos world. So Tour. huge shout outs to Harry, Zane, Gabriel, uh, and Chad all for for their initial donations. And of course, Ryan, I said it last week. This is going to be you know the the BSN World Tour presented by throw in a company's name, fueled by Kale Sorbo. Yes, you know one hundred getting it rolling. Yeah, he he'll have a a. Special shout out anytime this comes up. Okay, so if you want to uh, get in and donate, it's on the post on bsndenver.com. If you have an idea, comment it or just email us if if you 
feel more comfortable with that, DM us on Twitter, whatever it is. Um, but we're taking all ideas to, to try and make this something special. Okay. And, and let's hear from this community right now, Ryan. Let's do it. And first one coming in from Carpaccio Chris. He says, currently at Elways at DIA. Of course, Denver International Airport. Five-hour layover on my way to visit family. First time here, and it's awesome. P.S. The tap water is fantastic. So, you were just out of the country. How was the tap water? Or can you drink it? Yeah, I didn't drink any <laughs> tap water while I was out there. You didn't do it for the pot, huh? No. For the brand? I drank. A little oh, disappointed. I probably did have tap water at some point. I just didn't know it. <laughs> Nothing that you were repulsed by? Nope. Kirkland signature bottled <laughs> water. I'll tell you, I was in Pittsburgh this weekend. The tap water is really good. Wow. Because I didn't notice it. Good for them. And yeah, I was not expecting that. I was expecting like pieces of steel kind of floating in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I was in uh, Houston for a layover. Had some water there. Not good. Yeah, I would expect that. Um, and then I feel like I tried some water somewhere else. Maybe in Austin. I had a layover there as well. Okay. On the way down. It's probably a little better than Houston. That's just my guess, my when, ranking. When I was in Austin, I got a cold brew at this place called Joe, just J-O, period. Okay. It was incredible. Oh. Best cold brew I've ever had in Is my Is that life. just an Austin brand? I feel like I've heard of it, but maybe it's just because, you know, coffee's just always called Joe. I don't know. It was just in the airport. Mm. But I I almost, I drank mine in like, I had a, the largest size <laughs> of that. I drank it in like 10 minutes and the plane was boarding. And I turned to my girlfriend and I was like, do you think I could go back and get another one? She's like, if you want. I was like, uh, 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 and I decided not to. Oh. But I almost, I almost, it was like a, it was probably like a five or six minute walk. And so I got nervous. It was that good though. That good. Wow. So smooth. Some chocolatey undertones. Mm. I don't know if you knew this about me. I'm a big airport guy. Big airport guy. Big airport guy. In what guy. sense? I love airports. Just so like, you know you know how it's like you should get there two hours before and some people push it to like hour and 10. What do you push it to? 50? I mean, you know me. <laughs> you, you've traveled with me before. I'm the ultimate push it to the limit. And, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm never going to push against that. But if someone's like about three and a half hours before, I'd be like, yeah, I'm game for that. I, I, could, I could be in an airport all day what is it so you know sometimes, about the airport that you uh, like i love especially dia i love dia why what what is it it's, that you like it's it just the the excitement that's there just you can go anywhere it literally it's just i just my heart beats faster when i'm there huh it's not like so you like to explore you like to you just like to sit at the gate what do you like to do everything oh my everything God. you got you got to walk a little bit Sit, take it in. My girlfriend thinks it's the weirdest thing. I bet. It is very weird. <laughs> I'll say this. I don't have the disdain for airports that other people do, mm. but I used to love airports. Oh. Until I started traveling to all the Broncos games. That's fair. And now I'm pretty over them. <laughs> yeah. But it's not necessarily the act of being there. It's really just like the early flights. You're like half asleep. Yeah. That's what gets me. So Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if Carpaccio Chris, he says, first time here and it's awesome. Because DIA isn't in Denver. But 
Technically, no. it is. It is so far away. You can't see downtown from the airport. I guess you can see the mountains, but if Carpaccio, Chris, if since it's your first time here, if you thought that was Denver, um, I just wonder if you like Denver. You just like DIA. DIA. It's just a yeah. good airport. Yeah. Someone was like hating on DIA. I'm like, DIA is a great airport. Oh my god, dude, the airport in Houston. <laughs> We're going on a long. <laughs> here. The airport in Houston is a joke what does that mean and it's funny that you mentioned liking airports because you know a weird thing that i don't mind is long layovers okay um and that that sounds you may be even crazy right than what you yeah said. yeah but i don't mind being like halfway like getting to cut it in half mm-hmm. and then like take a little break and walk around the airport like when you yep. have all that time you're already through security you're just right. you don't have to do any of the bad parts of the airport nope so we had a four-hour layover in houston and in my head i'm like that's fine <laughs> we'll get off the plane walk around get some food yep go back scroll twitter whatever <laughs> like it'll go by fast yeah was was this was not the case because of the airport because it was well because it was international oh we had to clear customs Mm. so we came in cleared customs the line was absurd so there goes an hour and a half good thing you had the four hours yes i said that as soon as we got in the line i'm like oh my god then we had to collect our bags go onto a shuttle Go from the international terminal to the domestic terminal, which was like a 10-minute drive. Wow. Um, That's Texas for you. And then we had to wait in line again to check our bags where there was a long line. And then go through security again. Wow. And by the end of it, we got to our, our gate. We had like... 35 minutes to get some food really quick. That sounds exhilarating to me. Would have got me gone. It was terrible. (laughs) Why are there separate buildings? And they couldn't have built a a little trolley? Uh, Yeah, I think there was one. Um, But everyone told us to take the bus. Wow. But that just feels like the airport's not finished in that case yeah i was like i was just blown away because people like talk and and get this would really put it over the top (laughs) on every screen in the entire place 2019 airport of the year award oh my gosh (laughs) i'm like what is this this is a joke how could it be the 2019 airport of the year it's not even 2019 (laughs) is not even done i don't know maybe there's this preemptive (laughs) i will say like the terminals were really nice and they had lots of great food options and, and all that good stuff. I had my very final uh, non-keto meal mm. there, Chick-fil-A. Oh, very, uh, very smart. Yes. And by the way, Chick-fil-A, you can always count on Chick-fil-A. The, the, the quality never wavers. Never. Airport, shoddy side of town. Mm. Those pickles always taste the same. Yep. The sauce, of course. The juiciness. Oh. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is perfect. <laughs> um, anyways, in DIA, the worst thing that could happen is you have to get on the train, and yep. the train is all inside of the airport. You don't, ha- you never have to touch outside. Yep. So you would go in, 
you would get on the train, you would take it to from B to C or whatever. Yep. Get off, go back. Yep. Takes ninety five seconds. Yeah, yeah. The train. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's not like a train. Tra- it's just it's like a just a, a quicker way to get to where you're going. And you always on the train, you always have someone greeting you uh, via the uh, PA system. Apparently, there's a mini golf course in DIA right now. Oh wow. Yeah. That's what they said on the thing. Uh, I think it was oh, like a was CU it the golfer. golfer or yeah. yeah, yeah, it was some golfer on mine. Yeah, a woman golfer. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> and that wasn't even a football question. Should we jump into a football question? I'm scared to ha- for how long this one's gonna last. Coming in from Drew Chia. Says, oh, is this Thursday? One okay, more. Okay. One more. Hey, he says hello to the best pod in the land. I wanted to chime in on the division talk. Henry and I talked about uh, Greg Rosenthal's trash division rankings, Ryan. Eight divisions in football, right? Mm-hmm. He had the Broncos as the th- – or the yes. AFC West as the third worst division what? in football. And, and, and I'll, I'll give it to you really quick. He, he did it by how many teams could he realistically see winning the Super Bowl in that division. And uh, – so Henry and two, I, right? Henry and I played fair by his rules and and did that. In the AFC West, we came as it was the second best division in football, and you're not wrong if you said it was the first, uh, up against the AFC North or NFC North. So wait, what what was his reasoning? He said only the Chiefs could win. This is what was ridiculous. The third worst division, right? Yeah. His justification was all positive. It's like no, 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 but. But if you're going to take them down, you got to tell me why you're taking them down. You can't just tell me the good things. But yeah, I would imagine he had the Chiefs and the Chargers. And then what? And then Henry and I said, okay, if you don't want to give the Broncos or Raiders a shot, no one's going to argue that they're, you there. But the, the Chargers and the Chiefs, outside of the Patriots, probably have the best shot from the AFC of winning the mm-hmm. Super Bowl or making the Super Bowl. So, it, anyways, it, 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 okay. it was garbage. And we did get... One person last week commented and say, I agree with Greg Rosenthal. We have some other people say, what in the world is Greg Rosenthal doing? So that was on Wednesday's podcast. Okay. The Wednesday before, when it was you and I, it was also a Wednesday edition when we talked about uh, the trash with Brandon Perno. We talked about the trash Adam, Adam Rank. Rank. So I deemed Wednesday is national or hate on the national media day. You should call it We Get Mad Wednesday. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I right. love it. So think of something for this week. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> so he says, I wanted to chime in on division talk. At first, I didn't think any of the ranking. I didn't think anything of the ranking, but after further review, the AFC West is way too low. Okay, so Chia, Drew Chia agrees with us. I think a decent comparison to this year's AFC West is the AFC North from a couple years ago. You consistently had the Steelers and Ravens fighting for the top spot with the knowledge that the team that didn't make it would be right there in the wild card. In addition to that race, you had the Bengals who would show up and surprise people. The AFC North had those three teams make the playoffs in 2011 and 2014, which is a pretty rare feat for one division. This year, the Chiefs and Chargers should be battling for the top spot with the runner-up getting a wild-card spot. I think the Broncos are a year away from really making a splash but could still sneak into the wild-card if a couple things fall right. He goes on and says, Can you think of any other conferences that over the last 10 to 15 years that had three teams that could make a real push into the playoffs? Not many come to mind, which makes me think that everyone is writing out the AFC West yet again. Yours, Drew Lee. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 
the Broncos are the are the um, dark horse here, and really the Raiders could be too. You know, as much as everyone hates to hear it, there could be a third. I mean, yep. there's two decent candidates now. The Raiders could go two and fourteen, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's funny you say that because really quick, Henry and I, when we were talking about this, we kind of said the Broncos' range is what six and ten to eleven and five. Raiders' range is two and fourteen to what 12 and 4 exactly <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah i'm totally with you guys on that so i agree you can't say the raiders have no shot i feel like i'm on a, like a first date right now and you keep talking about your ex <laughs> <laughs> i'll stop i'll stop <laughs> um, but yeah i think definitely a a chance for three legitimate playoff contenders and and that's the the mark of a bet one of the best divisions in football exactly exactly okay going on here this one comes in from 34b or 34b yeah oh. you read it you read it like me the first time <laughs> 34b i don't know what that's a reference to <laughs> he says if they can do without you for a week they can do without you wow kidding welcome back ryan wow see my grandpa always taught me it was two weeks mm. if they can do without you for two weeks then they can do without you mm. You I don't were, think you guys would have made it without me for another week. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel I feel like I've got the energy. Maybe it's because you're back, though. I saw some comments about <laughs> static on the pod. I don't know. It doesn't happen when I'm hosting. Yeah, you can't be, look, can't be looking at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Next one coming in from California Orange and Blue. He says, hey, my guys, what a great week of content and debate in one of the slowest weeks of news we can have. Thanks for keeping things going without any major stuff going on. Every pod this week was enjoyable and informative. Love the job, Henry. Not Hank did. Please don't make that a thing. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Did filling in for RK. No questions. Just a bit of love for you guys. Keep up the great work and go Broncos. Where do you stand on the Henry-Hank debate? It can't be Hank. Thank you. and, And here's the thing is Brandon wanted it because it was more edgy. And I understand that, you know, Henry may not be the most edgy name, but I think Hank is further away from that scale. When I think of Hank, I think of 62-year-old journalist. It's been in the biz for 35 years, very established. There's no edge there, you know? It, it, it's, it's not the young guy breaking through. As I uh, I was texting Brandon about this because <laughs> I felt left out of the bay. I, I, was, I was in some Wi-Fi. I said, Hank Chisholm just got laid off from the dying newspaper. <laughs> exactly. Henry yep. is working for the up-and-coming right. startup. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then he was like, well, Henry's just as much of an old man name as Hank. And I said, no, no, no. And I pulled up the list of the most popular 100 <laughs> baby names from 2019. Henry came in at, like, number 42. Let me guess. Hank wasn't Hank didn't wasn't quite make there. the list. <laughs> I said, as I said on Twitter, Henry has to have at least one child before he can even be considered Hank. <laughs> oh, right. Right. And you know what I like about that list is it was ranked. It was. Yeah. Can't just throw a <laughs> list of names. Um, all right. Why don't we take a quick break here? And when we come back, we will get to the rest of the questions on the BSN Broncos podcast. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU 
win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap. You name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Final segment on the BSN Broncos podcast, and it feels fantastic to be back. Just just really feel like I'm, I'm back in the swing of things. Because I got back on Saturday night. I just I don't feel, I didn't feel back until I was on here. And now you're back, baby. Broncos are almost back, but more importantly, you're back. Definitely more important. Um, what are we? Eighteen days away. Something. Yep. Seventeen. Seventeen. Sixteen. Until we talk to John Elway. It's July first. I didn't even realize that. Yep. Happy July. Happy July. You what does that thing people say? Ah. Uh, oh, like guess. White Rabbit. Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, but it's like. There's like, you say that twice, and then you say something else twice. Uh, I thought it was just supposed to be the first thing you said of the month. Just white rabbit? Like when you wake up? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Because white rabbits the, are... We, we missed the boat. <laughs> uh, yeah, happy fourth, kind of. Happy fourth week. Yeah, what do you, what do you call this? Because I heard people on Saturday, Friday, last Friday, saying happy fourth of July weekend. I'm like, what? whoa, we're six days away. Is I don't is there a weekend? If there's a Fourth of July weekend, I feel like it'd be after it's the fourth. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This right, this right, day, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be. Hey, but I guess if we want to celebrate the fourth, because we both love the fourth, maybe we would just celebrate it. This is the fourth month. Best holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I think this. Oh, you said your last meal of of keto was Chick Fil A. Actually, that wasn't true. I oh. <laughs> came back and had Chipotle. <laughs> okay, <dinner>. okay. <laughs> so what, a tortilla? Yeah, it was a tortilla and the rice. Rice, okay. Because you can still go to Chipotle. You just have to yep. play your cards right. Get the uh, salad bowl. Okay, yeah. Still very good. Yeah. Um, But I, I was craving that tortilla and rice combination. Also, this makes me seem so white. Um, <laughs> white rice? Whenever I go to Mexico, like I love the food. But I always come back craving Chipotle. <laughs> That's interesting because you feel like you'd get that fix. You do in a different way. Though. Like I didn't right. have any burritos in Mexico. Only tacos. Right. right. That's true. It is different. It is a different vibe. Yep. But are you going to be able to crack open a cold one on the 4th? Wasn't I supposed to try and eat something weird while I was down there? Yeah. Was there anything? I had a Marlin quesadilla. I told you about that. That's not that weird. It's not. It, that's different, though. Yeah, so I'm, different. I'm proud of you for that. I ate a lot of octopus. Does that count? Definitely. I love octopus. Well, in another form besides calamari? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's squid. Then, yeah. That's squid. Calamari squid? Yeah. Oh. We'll delete this part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. But squids are just little octopuses. Little octopi? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I love. I had octopus taco. What is the plural of octopus? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's octopus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like deer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had um, 
in in Spanish it's called pulpo. Okay. Tostada. Um, I love tostadas. I could just you just slice off a octopus tentacle, throw it on the grill, I'll eat it. So that's how it it served is just grilled. It's served a lot of different ways, ceviche style, um, but grilled octopus is incredible. I may have to try some. It's so good. It's a, it's a, it's a little. I mean, kind of like calamari. It has a little chewiness to it. Right. But right. if you don't mind that, it's delicious. Mmm. I love that texture. I oh, love. Then you're, it just gets my mouth watering right yeah, now. Then you'll love it. It's <laughs> so good. It's so so good. Um. So I guess that's a little weird, but I, I would eat that in the U.S. It's just harder to find. Though, yeah. Those are both, especially in Denver. Those are both very rare. So maybe it's not weird, but it's it's rare. I didn't see any like chicken feet or anything. Like that. <laughs> All right. Um, going on here from inside line Broncos said, Hey fam, did you see Adam ranks quote unquote response to people saying he's a clown? He was on good morning football today and said, we should blame John for bucking the trends. Mm. But he said uh. on orange and blue that he likes when they buck the trends. This guy is just a loony tune. He doesn't know which way's up, which way's down. Look, after putting together that, I'm great never piece. gonna hate on a on someone for just making their honest prediction. If you truly believe yeah. the Broncos are going two and fourteen, then hey, yeah, that's you, that's how you feel, and I can't clown you until at least they prove you wrong. Yep. Where I take issue is just flip flopping. Yeah. Like it's one thing to say they're gonna go, they could have a good season, then saying they're going two and fourteen. But he literally said, you know, I kind of like <laughs> to see John Elway going against the trends. Yeah. Also. Even if he didn't flip-flop, and this is really his reason, this is terrible reasoning. Terrible reasoning for why you would think someone would fail. Just doing something different and out of the box. Now, it would be very easy for Adam Rank to say, let's say the Broncos do go 2-14. and 14. It'd be very easy for someone to say, well, yeah, it's because John Elway completely went against the trend. And then it's like, yeah, John looked really stupid for doing that after it completely blew up in his face. But before you know if it's going to work or not, especially in a league where it's not like uh, people never stray and never have success from straying. No, that's where you have success is where you kind of buck the trend earlier than everyone else. And then everyone catches up. And then whoever, you know, bucks the trend successfully the next time is the one that's ahead. People are saying the Rams were crazy for hiring Sean McVay. <laughs> yep. Because he was, what, 30 yep. when they hired him? They were saying that's nuts. Yep. How to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next one coming in from Dan Burke. He says, in this week's episode of the national disrespect to the Denver Broncos. Bleacher- Save it for Wednesday. Yeah, we, probably, we probably should. Bleacher Report has the Broncos coaching staff is the fifth worst in the league. Someone want to tell me how having the current reigning assistant coach of the year is your head coach slash defensive play caller, a top three offensive line coach, one of the best defensive line coaches in the league, as well as Ed Donatel, who is a wizard when it comes to developing secondary players, somehow equals a top five worst coaching staff in the NFL? Hmm. Maybe we should. Let's uh, save it. Maybe we should save it. for Let's one save second. it. Okay. But- nope. Nope. That's all you get. That's all you get. We did this last week. We had a really good question come in. We just bundled it so we could have the proper time to unfold it. All right. We'll save it for We Get Mad Wednesday. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Especially since we're so happy all the time. <laughs> Gotta get mad once a week. Next one coming in from Cole Voselli says, first, loved Henry on the pod. Ryan's got to take more vacations. 
I feel bad the words coming out of my mouth. So we can have more Henry. He says, just kidding, but not about the part where we want more of Henry. Honestly, I have no problem taking more vacations. <laughs> I love the pod. And, Sorry. And it <laughs> does make me a little sad, but you know what? If I get two weeks a year, I'll be happy. I, I, I would not complain. Yeah. And, Three uh, weeks, sure. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be okay from a personal perspective, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, scenario time. It's the end of the season. Ryan has just took a second week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Will Parks and Justin Ryan took Simmons. week 16 and 17 <laughs> off. He's done. They're 2-12. and 12. He says, end of the season. Will Parks and Justin Simmons are pending free agency. There's only enough cap to sign one of them. Will continued to trend up and played well, but Justin had a bounce back year and also played just as well. Who would you let walk and who would you re-sign? Dun, dun, dun. Excuse my ring. That's a rookie. That's a, that's a Ben away for a week mistake right there. I didn't put it on uh, uh, mute. Okay. Um, do you want who who I would so they're or who both, the Broncos would? I think they're different people. I do too. Mm-hmm. Let me take a wild stab. You are taking Will Parks. Uh-huh. The Broncos are taking Justin Simmons. And, and honestly, for me, it's actually – a toss-up um i'm not like staunchly in the will parks camp saying like will 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 because um, <laughs> i really like justin simmons too yeah but there's a reason one of them was a third round pick and second or third 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 round pick and one of them was a sixth round pick yep ceiling right uh justin simmons has a higher ceiling than will parks and i think we've seen that in their time on the field Will might. Will has played really well, mm-hmm. better than anyone would have expected from a sixth round pick. But you see flashes from Justin, where he is a franchise safety, right? And and it's not a knock on Will. I just don't know if you see like game changer type stuff from him. And here's why the I mean Bron- he did obviously have a game changing play against the Steelers. But right. I'm talking about just maybe it's replaceability. Is what I'm looking at. That's what it is. And, and it's vision on what Ed Donatel and Vic Fangio can do with Justin Simmons. And it's it's everything. Sky's the limit. Justin did everything last year, and that stretched him out. It stretched him too thin because he did too much uh, too quick. With Vic Fangio, I think we're going to see Justin do less than he did last year in terms of being everywhere on the field, but he's still going to be a lot of places by week three or by by year three under Vic Fangio, Justin could be doing everything he was doing last year, just at a high level. Um, because I think Vic is knows how uh, to evolve players in his system, and it's that it's that word versatility. Will is a versatile player. He is. Justin is just rare in his potential of what he can do, and Vic loves that. It's his mix of speed and athleticism. Yeah, He's fast and super athletic. Yeah, um, and, and I hate like having. I don't. I don't like this question. Not because it's not a good question. It's very thought provoking, but I like both guys. Right. And so I think, in your scenario, if they're both trending up, the Broncos would try and sign both of them. Yeah. And he says, personally, I take Will because I think he's got the it factor that can change the outcome of games, and Justin just doesn't have that as good as he is. Thanks for the great content, Cole. And I think with this is what's the price tag. Are they the same price tag? Then you're you're taking Justin. If Will's significantly cheaper, you looking to save a pretty penny? Would he be? 
I feel like they're both going to be in an affordable range. Being a third round pick, I could see Justin being a little more expensive. What's that? What's that going to look like for them? It's a weird a spot because they're not stars and they're not busts. No, they're they're starters. Yeah, I guess. And Will isn't even a full tight. You know, he's never been that through his full season. Are we yet. in like the five a year range? I could see Justin being eight, assuming he trends up. Hometown that's discount? a lot. That's <laughs> that's I, a lot. That's more than Bryce Callahan's making this year. Here's the thing, though. I think if you approach one of these guys, or even both of them, mid-season this year, then you could legitimately get a very good hometown discount. Because let's say after week 10, and Justin has, has put some good film on tape, uh, also has, has had a few shaky games, he may be saying, let me lock in this $20 million guaranteed or something. Because neither of them have been paid big money yet. Nope. So that'd be enticing. It's interesting for sure. Right around holiday time. Good question. From Brent G17. Gentlemen, brand spanking new subscriber and couldn't be more stoked for all the Denver sports content that I was missing out on by being a freeloader. Also, I couldn't pass up the Tony Two Bags t-shirt because it is glorious. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that one and you're a Rockies fan, that one is dope. It is awesome. I can't wait to get my hands on one. And there's intricacies to it that I didn't even see. Yeah, the stash. Right on the stash it says, don't dash. (laughs) Don't dash on the stash. Literally says, don't dash on the stash. Wow, that's amazing. It is. Uh, That's our boy, Eric. Uh, Follow him on Twitter, DLineCo. He's a good follow on there, too. He's very, like... I feel like he's a perfect microcosm of just like the all-around Denver sports fan. Yep. Yep. Oh, and wait, speaking of, I thought this would be right up your alley. Did you see the shirt that my buddy had, the the one I visited this weekend? Uh-uh. He has a Denver Nuggets shirt. Oh, yeah, I did. 2009 Finals Edition. That is weird. Yeah. He has no idea how he got it either. Was he like in Africa? <laughs> That's what I said. I said, I thought they got all of these were shipped out. Nope, he's never been to Africa. So it's it's a nug I, I saw it, yeah, I now remember it. It's a Nuggets logo and then it has the like official two thousand nine NBA finals logo. Right. right. Like because they were in the Western Conference Finals. Right. Uh but they couldn't beat the Lakers. Should have beat the Lakers too. They uh, were better than them. Uh inbounds. Uh, who knew? Okay, anyways. He goes on and says, I was not a podcast guy until I found BSN Denver, but now I can't wait until the next episode is posted every day so I can giggle like an idiot at my desk. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. I feel like that's how it is. Every single person is with podcasts. Mm, right. They're like, what's a po- Like, what exactly is it? I don't get it. And then the second you dive in, boom, you're hooked. Right. Yep. And there's just unlimited good podcasts. Like, I could listen to podcasts every second for the rest of my life and probably not hear all the good podcasts. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's like TV is radio and Netflix and all of those other things are podcasts. TV. Yeah. You can't watch everything on TV, but you know, you've heard of, of most everything. Same with radio podcasts are just like the wide world of netflix and everything like that there's you will never be able to watch everything or hear of everything yeah and on top of that the great thing about podcasts is not like you have to wait for it to get to netflix right podcasts are the thing drops right in your phone yep god it's great i love podcasts this is about to drop in everyone's phone right now it's my only complaint about 
moving closer to work. Less time for podcasts. <laughs> All right. He says, I don't want to rehash old content, so I'll save my two cents for another pod. But I just wanted to say I love the pod, and I'm beyond excited for the upcoming season. P.S. Tell your boy Drew Creaseman that if you guys uh, can post a daily pod, I'm sure he can as well. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. He pretty much does. He, he definitely does. Sincerely, your guy. You're our guy now. Thanks for riding along with us, Brent G17. Let's hear from more new subscribers because, guys, it's July 1st. This is training camp. This is football. And now is, you know, we, we still have a ton of flexibility to talk about stuff, but we're getting really close to true training camp previews. That is very true. Oh, man. You guys do not want you – got, you got 17 days to get on board. Yep. No point in waiting. No. No. Jump on board. All right. I believe that – any buzzer beaters? That wraps it up for us today. So, so happy to be back with you guys. Uh, another shout-out to Kale Sorbo for setting up the World Tour GoFundMe yes. page. Send us your ideas. Really, I'm going to hammer that. Send us your ideas. How can we make this something even more special that the entire BSN community can have a hand in and have their stamp on, and we can say we did something really cool um, if, if we can somehow pull this off. I don't expect us to be able to do it, but if we could, it would be really cool to say we did this. Whatever that is, that's what we want your ideas on. So let us know, uh, and we'll come up with a plan and formulate all of our ideas into something really special. With that being said, that's going to do it for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Lindsay here and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. 
What's also ideal about Weinster is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order.